Last year, I saw a video about a guy who wanted to break as many weird ancient British laws as possible in one day in public, preferably in front of security personnel or police. And so the first law he broke was a law forbidding you to handle a salmon suspiciously. So he went and bought a whole salmon and started trying to look suspicious, carrying it around London, standing in the middle of traffic in public spaces. The public definitely tried to avoid him, but no one arrested him. Then he went to break a second law from 1898, forbidding you to gamble in a library. So he went to a public library, sat down with some of the people there and played blackjack, walked out and again never got arrested. Then he found a law that forbade you from going into Parliament wearing a suit of armour. So he found a suit of armour, went through the security. The security were just concerned whether he had a sword or not. And um, they did think he was a bit strange. But he went into Parliament, walked around and came out. And he did that with a few other laws on the same day. And so why did no one arrest him? Because, well, these are outdated laws. No one cares about these laws. We've moved on. And I think sometimes we as Christians can see our Old Testament in the same way. Man, these are just a bunch of laws written thousands of years ago, have nothing to do with me. They are irrelevant to me. So let's just ignore it and move on. Now, how many of you have decided to start reading your Bible? And so you start on page one. So you get to page one, you see the story about creation. You're like, okay, cool, I can do that. Then as you go through the rest of Genesis into the beginning of Exodus, you uh, start reading stories that sound familiar. And you're like, I know these stories. I've seen the movies on some of these stories. But then you get to the back end of the book of Exodus, going into the book of Leviticus, and you just start coming across hundreds of of laws and at that point you lose interest your eyes glaze over and so i wonder how many of you have stopped your bible reading plan somewhere in the middle of the laws of leviticus or maybe you just decided to fast track go to the new testament ignore the rest of the old testament and you're like oh jesus stories i can do jesus stories so here's my bible Almost 1,400 pages, about 80% of my Bible, 1,077 pages, is dedicated to the Old Testament. And so my question is this, as Christians, what do we do with this 80% part of our Bible? How do we respond to it? How does Jesus respond to it? I mean, the New Testament, we know what to do with it. It's about Jesus, and there are letters written to churches, and we're still a church. So, yes, we can deal with that. But what do we do with the Old Testament? Now, just before we went into our Easter series, we started a series on the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus was teaching his people. Here is my kingdom. I am the king of this kingdom, and this is what it looks like to follow me. And he was showing us that... If we take this seriously, often our lives are going to look upside down compared to the lives of the culture around us. And so the title of the series is called Live Upside Down. And what Jesus is going to continue to teach us today is how he approached the Old Testament and how we as Christians can approach the Old Testament. So let's read together from Matthew chapter 5 verses 17. Starts off by saying this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. 
Now, when you hear the word law, maybe you think of some sort of legislation or maybe the Supreme Court. But when a Jewish person hears the word law, it's actually the word Torah. The Torah refers to the first five books of the Bible, which does include a whole lot of laws, but also includes a whole lot of historical stories. And so when Jesus says, don't think I've come to abolish the law, he's referring to those five books of the Bible. And then he says, and the prophets. Now, saying the law of the pro- and the prophets like that is just a Jewish way of saying the Bible or the Old Testament. That's all they had at that time. So he says, don't think that I've come to abolish or undermine the Bible, the Old Testament scriptures. Now, why do you think Jesus had to say that? Why do you think he had to say, don't think that I've come to abolish or do away with this? Well, Jesus' ministry has only just started, but it seems that already people were starting to listen to what Jesus said. And to what some of their teachers were saying. And they were starting to say, this doesn't line up. It sounds like Jesus is giving us a new story here. It sounds like Jesus is undermining our scriptures. It sounds like Jesus isn't being faithful to the Bible. He's not teaching the Bible. And so Jesus says, don't think that. If you think that, you've misunderstood what I'm saying. So let's continue to read. I have not come to abolish them. But this part is so important. He says, I've come to fulfill them. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, meaning every word, every little part of the law will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Now, go back to your high school. Think about what a teacher normally does when they teach. Think about maybe a history teacher. They're going to teach you about wars and countries and great leaders and not so great leaders. And come the end of the lesson, they're going to close the book and everyone's going to go back to their lives. But imagine the teacher stood up and started teaching you about people and countries and big happenings in the world. And he says, not only is this about other people, this is actually about me. And this is the central claim that Jesus is making here. He's saying, I'm not here to teach you about simply these old dead people. I'm not here just to give you some religious anecdotes. I'm here to tell you that I am the point of this 80% part of the the Bible. I am where all of this is leading. I'm here not to abolish or do away with this. I'm here to fulfill all of the Old Testaments. And when Jesus is saying that, he means a number of things. The first thing he means is, I'm here to fulfill these scriptures prophetically. He's referring to his prophetic fulfillments of the Old Testament scriptures. At this point of the book of Matthew, Matthew has already said seven times, Jesus did this or Jesus said this in order to fulfill. And then he refers to some prophets. You see, the prophets together were looking forward to this king, this king who would come and bring God's kingdom. And Jesus is saying, I am that king. I am fulfilling these prophecies. Some of them were very detailed prophecies. And so Jesus fulfilled these prophecies. But then there were other times that Jesus brought about doctrinal fulfillment. Now, what is doctrine? Doctrine is simply all what does the Bible teach on a subject? And the Old Testament has doctrine. It says things that are true about God and us and salvation. And Jesus is saying, I'm not here to give you a whole new story. In fact, what is there in the Old Testament, sometimes in very basic seed form, sometimes it's already a highly developed understanding in the Old Testament. I'm going to pick up from that point and I'm going to shine new light on the same doctrine I'm going to broaden your understanding of God and who I am and who you are and God's plan of salvation. 
Think about watching The Hobbit and then going on to The Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings is not a whole new story. The Hobbit lays the, the platform that allows us to move into The Lord of the Rings. And that's what Jesus is saying. The New Testament writers often said exactly this about Jesus. The writer of the Hebrews says in chapter 1, verses 1 to the second part of the first part of verse 2, he says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God is going to continue speaking truth to us through Jesus. So on one hand, Jesus is saying concerning these great truths we find in the Old Testament, I'm going to shine more light on these. They'll become clearer to you. But in the same way, on the other hand, he's saying, and the way I'm going to do that is by pointing to me. By showing you my relationship to God. How I am fulfilling the story. And the more we see Jesus, the more he teaches about himself, the clearer our understanding of the Old Testament becomes. And then final, there is Jesus' ethical fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. This is where Jesus morally fulfilled the law. Where he lived according to the law perfectly. And here's where you and I fail, right? where we fail to live up to the righteousness of God's understanding. This is where you and I fail to live according to the standards of God's holiness and God's word. Maybe you're watching this though, and you're not particularly religious. You don't try and align yourself to the Bible's understanding of holiness and righteousness. But imagine just for one day, there was like a recorder hanging around your neck. And every time you said, you know what people really need to do is, or you know what that person needs to do, or you know what I ought to do. And imagine this recorder captured all of those and you actually got at the end of a day or a week or a month, your own legal code or your own standard of righteousness. What you'll find is you also fail to live according to your own standards of righteousness. So all of us fail here. All of us fail to measure up to these standards but Jesus didn't he morally fulfilled the law but we're also going to see that Jesus corrects our understanding of the law over the next few weeks we're going to see Jesus teaching about this and he's going to say well here's what you've heard or here's what you've been taught but here's what I say now again, he's not saying, well, abandon that and I'm going to give you a new teaching. He's going to bring us back to the original understanding of God's heart. He's going to correct our understanding of what God wants for us. Sometimes we're going to see Jesus later on in the book. He's going to be doing something, maybe like, for example, healing someone on the Sabbath. And then some Bible scholar is going to run up to him with the Bible, a chapter and a verse. And he's going to say, but Jesus, you did something wrong again. I've got the chapter and the verse to prove it. And then Jesus is going to very patiently respond saying, you've missed the points. And so God is going to reveal his heart to us through his son Jesus and correct our understanding of the moral and the ethical law. And Jesus is going to teach us that and he's going to show us. And so very clearly we see that Jesus is not doing away with the Old Testament. He's affirming it. He's shedding greater light onto it. And he is fulfilling it by pointing towards himself and showing how he is the point of the whole story. So that's about Jesus. That's how he understood the Old Testament. What about us? How does this affect us? Well, I've seen two equal and opposite responses to this. On the one hand, I've seen people rightly say, listen, guys, the Old Testament has its roots in Judaism. And so what we need to do is we need to go back to our Jewish roots. 
Now, what I've tended to see is while that's, a, I think, a right-hearted thing, what I've started to see is people actually start to go back to the law, which Jesus actually fulfilled. And so people go back to a Jewish way of doing things, bypassing Jesus. Maybe it's throwing in a little bit of Jesus on the top, but bypassing how Jesus fulfills the law and therefore how he calls us to live in light of the fact that he has fulfilled the law. So that's the one side, maybe an overemphasis of getting back to our Jewish roots. On the other side, I've seen some very popular leaders say, well, the Old Testament oftentimes is an obstacle to people coming to faith. It is difficult to understand. It is possibly offensive. So what Christians need to do is we need to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. So on one hand, it's maybe going too far back into almost a pre-Christ type of religion. On the other hand, it's, well, let's do away with it. And what we see Jesus doing is he does neither. He gives a whole new approach to this. So let's see how this applies to us. Verse 19, where Jesus says, Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great. In the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is saying, guys, we still need to teach the Bible, all of it, including the Old Testament. We still need to try and understand God's heart for us, for righteousness and holiness. And we still need to live that out. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to see how Jesus practically does that. He's going to take an Old Testament understanding on an issue, reframe it in light of God's true heart for us. And, and he's going to say, now go and teach this and go and live this out. And now finally, verse 20 literally gets us to the heart of the issue for us, where Jesus says, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were like the pastors and the scholars and the professors of the Bible of that time. These were people who spent their entire lives studying the Bible and finding out how we can obey the Bible and have righteousness because of that. And so here's what Jesus isn't saying. He's not saying, well, here's these professional Christians. Here's what they're doing. Here's their standard of righteousness. And, and what you need to do is kind of ratchet your righteousness up so it's above theirs. Because if that's what Jesus was saying, I think you and me can agree that, well, we're out of that. Because there's no way we're going to achieve that level of righteousness. But what Jesus is actually saying, he's saying, I want to give you a different kind of righteousness. And I want to explain that by talking about the difference between an outside-in righteousness and an inside-out righteousness. You see, often what is going on in this time, these religious leaders were teaching an outside-in righteousness. Meaning, just do it. Just get it right. Here's the laws. Don't question it. Just make sure that externally your life is conformed to these laws. But then Jesus starts saying, well, what good is it if externally your life looks like it's aligned with these laws, but internally your heart is dead, internally your heart is far from God. So Jesus says, let's get that right. Let's get the heart right. And once we've got the heart right, let's find ways of massaging our right heart in this into our behavior and inside out approach. A while later in the book of Matthew, Jesus was going to be asked a question by these Bible scholars. They were going to come up to him and they were going to say, Listen, Jesus, out of all of these laws, uh, 613 of them, which, are, which is the most important? 
And you might have heard Jesus' response when he says, well, the first one is, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then he says, and the second most important one is like it, where he says, love your neighbor as, as yourself. And so what are the first word of both of those commands? It's the word love. And so Jesus is asked this question, listen, how do we understand the Old Testament? How do we get this right? How do we live according to the Old Testament? And Jesus says, listen, it's going to come down to love. And he affirms this by saying, and all the law and the prophets, the whole Old Testament, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Meaning at the heart of it all is love. Love God and love others. Get that right. And then everything else is going to start to fall into place. And so as I wrap up, you start to realize, well, I don't know if I'm even going to get that right. I don't know if I get my behavior right. I don't know if I get my external righteousness right. But I also don't know if every single day God is my first love and my first priority. And maybe you're going to start feeling condemned because of that. And this is where Jesus comes to what he said in Matthew chapter 5. And he says, listen, but I have done that. I have fulfilled the law. I am the point of it all. I have brought it all together in me. And so what Jesus does in the gospel is he takes our failures and our shortcomings and he takes his perfect life and he does a big exchange. He gives us his perfect life and he takes upon himself our failures. That's kind of like, imagine going and writing a test and realizing, man, you've got a big fat fail. Somebody else writing the test and getting a perfect mark. But them handing in that test under your name and them taking your failure. That is the good news of the gospel. And that is what Jesus has done for us. So at the heart of it all is, guys, we need to learn how to love God. Jesus is going to teach us how to start at the heart. And then as we get that right and as we learn how to love God, others we are going to figure out how to live according to god's way god's plan and his righteousness as we've just heard jesus lives a perfect life and gives us his righteousness but he knows it's a hot issue and so he wants to transform our hearts and give us his presence and his power now the way we do that is in prayer so in a few seconds i'm going to ask you to press pause as we all pray together in our homes Thank you for joining us online and please continue to journey with us. Remember to stay connected via our Oikos app or our various social media platforms. God bless you this week.